0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Good evening, everybody. How are you today? Good. Okay. Hey, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you to the worship team. Amen. They did a great job and we are really grateful for them. I like church because people find their purpose at church and people discover their gifts and we discover what we were made for. And that's a great thing. And I just want to encourage you, whatever that is in your life, it doesn't have to look like music. Um, we say st- stuff like this quite often, but maybe you don't always hear it uh, from some of us, but you know, my gift is not administration. Uh, I tried it. I failed miserably at it. And so, uh, my gift is not administration. My gift is singing and writing and things like that. But we need other types of gifts to help all of us move in the same direction. Does that make sense? And so you might say, well, my gift might not be something on a stage or my gift might not be teaching a class for kids. And maybe that's not something that I feel that I could do, but I guarantee you that God has a place for you to use your gift in this local body. And so we wanna encourage you in that. Find a place to connect, find a place to serve. Hey, one more thing I do want to say and that is that ladies Bible study begins tomorrow. So it, is that, yeah, it's awesome. There's excited people in the room. Is it at 10 a.m. Sherry Bellamy or is it at 10.30 a.m.? 10, 10 a.m. and then at night it's 6 p.m. So there's two times 10 a.m. 6.30 p.m. that are available for you. And we do that really just to make it accessible. Maybe you cannot come at 10 in the morning, but after you get off work at night, that's a time that you'd be available. We want to make that available for you. Let me say this to all the husbands in the room. Hey, guys, make an effort to Uh, provide some space, some time for your wife to be able to go. Maybe you have to uh, cook the dinner that night or in the modern American family, buy the dinner that night and bring it home and take it out of the bag. And so, or, or whatever that is, whatever her role is and thing that she does in the home, maybe you have to take that over on Thursday nights. But can I just say, it's good for us to be refreshed And it's good for us to hang out with like-minded people who are on the same journey. Amen? Awesome. Well, let's pray and then let's get started. Father, we thank you for this day. God, I just want to say thank you for each and every one of the people who have joined us today, whether it's here in service or via live stream. God, it's an honor to be here. But my heart and my thought is that you have a specific purpose and a plan and a destiny for each and every one of these people. And in fact, you love them so much that Psalm 23, 6 says that your goodness and mercy pursue them all the days of their lives. And you love us so much, each and every one of us individually, that you sent Jesus to die for our sins before we were ever even born, before we had a chance to do anything wrong. You love us so much that you picked a purpose and a destiny for us before we were even formed. And it's not an accident that we're here today. It's not an accident that we're watching this via the live stream. You've got a purpose, you've got a plan, you've got a destiny, and your heart is that we draw closer to you and fulfill that plan. So God, we thank you that today we get to learn from your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. If you walked in today and you don't feel significant, can I just tell you that that is a lie? And you're, you walked into a family of people who love you and who care about you. So today we're going to be talking about the concept of rest. And fall is a busy, busy season, is it not? I mean, fall is really crazy. I don't, I don't know what it's like for you. Maybe you're a parent. Um, fall is when football starts and all kinds of things starts, maybe you got kids in dance or whatever that is, so you take them to school and then you pick them up from school and you take them to their next activity and you're going around and we kind of know how it is that the only chauffeurs that pay all the expenses for their clients are parents, is that correct, right? Y'all are the only ones that don't get paid to do it. But you do it because you love them, or maybe you know you don't even uh, have kids or anything like that. But when we get into the fall, things just start to move a little bit quicker. You even think about things like this is going to make everybody cry. I think in the room that Thanksgiving is in November. It's coming really, really soon, and then Christmas. And so next month you're going to be thinking about what are we going to do for Thanksgiving, and then you're going to be thinking about oh man, I need to buy Christmas presents. And if you're like me, you're going to think about it periodically until about December 14th, and then you're going to start working on it, potentially. uh, Or you'll just think about it more often until a couple days before. But fall gets really, really busy. I think in the U.S., we kind of pride ourselves on being busy. Would you agree with that? I love what Pastor Don says all the time. He says, you ask people how they're doing and they don't say how they're doing. They say, busy. That doesn't even make sense. That's not how you're doing. That's what's happening in your life and what's the pace of your life. I ask you, how are you? But a lot of times, the pace of our life can determine how we are doing. I think in the US, we do kind of tend to pride ourselves on being busy because busy means that I'm important and busy means that I have a lot of things to do. Maybe that's not you, maybe just honestly for you, busyness is the result of wanting to take care of your family and that's not a bad thing. I think we're really productive In our culture, I think we live very productive lives, but I do think that we have to ask ourselves number one, I'm productive, but am I healthy? Number two, I'm productive, but is my pace godly? And I think that we do have to consider that in the age that we live in today. Oftentimes we will say things like, well, I'm resting a lot, but I I still feel spiritually tired. Or we might say this, uh, I go and I go and I go and I'm always on 10 and we're going everywhere. We got tons of things happening, but I'm resting in God. I'm walking in his grace and he's given me the grace to do it. And those are important things maybe for a time as far as walking in the grace that God gives, but there's two kinds of basic rest. One's physical rest and one is spiritual rest. And I don't think that we can get around either of those types of rest. We can walk in grace for a while and God's grace to keep going and at the pace that we're at, but eventually he's probably going to ask us to take a break and let our bodies rest. He, after all, created our bodies and made them function the way that they do. And so I think sometimes what we try to do is we try to split up the spiritual and the physical aspects of rest But I don't think that God lets us get away with that. The first time we really see a command to rest is in the 10 Commandments in Exodus 20. So God, who is a spirit, gives these commandments and we would know that every single one of these commandments, the 10 Commandments, still holds true today. Like the commandment not to murder didn't get taken away once Jesus came. That's still a really good idea. And I think if all of those are really good ideas, then probably the commandment to rest is a good idea as well. And We try to separate, well, uh, uh, the spiritual side of rest and the physical side of rest, but I think what God would say is, I am a spirit, if this is God talking, and I gave a spiritual command to physically rest. And we'll dive more into that in a second. Today we're mainly gonna talk about spiritual rest. Because spiritual rest can fuel you through the times when you do need some physical rest, but it just can't happen right now. Everybody's been in that place. I believe probably everybody should be in that place at one point or another. I think that that's something that we all experience. But we're basically going to talk about spiritual rest today. My opinion of spiritual rest, here's what it means. It means spending time in God's presence. And we do that through reading the Bible and by the way, that does not mean like spiritual rest. you read the Bible till you fall asleep. <laughs> I got two verses deep and I just fell out, and I was, I was gone. But spiritual rest is spending time in God's presence, reading the Bible, taking time to pray, and taking time to worship like we just did, but maybe in the comforts of your own home or maybe in your car. I love to worship in the car. just don't close your eyes. That gets bad if you're at a stoplight, you'll hear the honking eventually. People will be mad at you. But I want to talk today about four reasons why you should rest. And here's why I want to start there, because I know people, and especially because I I spent time doing youth ministry, especially with teenagers, you always want to know why. One of the greatest pieces of advice I ever heard in my entire life, but then also it's one of the only lines of a sermon that any youth pastor ever preached that I remember, which is pretty sad. Uh, was it, um, A guy in middle school said, whenever your parents ask you to do something and you don't want to do it, do it and then ask why afterward. That's a great life lesson, but unfortunately a lot of our brains don't work that way. So I'm going to explain to you why first. So four reasons why you should rest. If you're not taking notes today, I'd encourage you to do so. You remember things better when you take notes. Uh, even if you want to whip out your phone and in the notes section, just jot some stuff down. I do that all the time. I do that with things that I feel I, I read in scripture and the Lord showed me because I want to be able to go back to it and, uh, and learn about that. And so I'd encourage you to do that. The paper or the notes app on your phone can remember things a lot better than you and I can. And you know, just a quick note, I'm gonna go on a tangent for a second. I said that joke about, I only really remember one thing that that preacher from middle school said. He was a youth pastor then. I, I don't really remember anything else except that one thing. I do remember how he treated me. And then, which was really well. He's a really great guy. And then number three, the other thing is, I remember that I took notes. He passed out things to take notes on. And in fact, I think I found some of those within the past year from middle school. I don't remember a word the guy said, but I have the paper that says everything that he said. And I could go back over that right now and be blessed by it. So just an encouragement to you today. But let's get to these four reasons. Number one, rest is God-ordained. God-ordained. And we already referenced Exodus 20 where it's one of the Ten Commandments. I want to read that for you really quick. It's not going to be on the screen but you can check it out. It says remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy and the Sabbath day was a day of total rest for the Jewish people. It was on Saturday. You have six days each week for your ordinary work but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day no one in your household may do any work This includes you, your sons and daughters, your female and male servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That's why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. There's a couple of things I think are fascinating about this. If you were to share this scripture with your teenager, they would probably use it to their advantage. It's Sunday and I cannot wash dishes. You know, it's like, that's not true. So, but I think one thing that's really great about this is before God commanded it, he modeled it. I'm not a parent, but can I just say that's a parenting lesson? That's a leadership lesson. For all of us who have a position of influence or authority or maybe you parent kids, I think that's something very important to think about. Am I modeling what I am asking of people? God modeled the principle of rest. Do you think that God needed a day off? Do you think he was like, man, making the world, that really took a toll on me. God's infinite. God's all powerful. He didn't even need the day of rest, but he modeled a day of rest, I believe, so that you and I would have an example. God, in His sovereignty and in His wisdom, knew that we would need time to take a break. Psalm 37 7 and Psalm 46 10 both tell us these exact words be still. A lot of moms in here are thinking, I say that all the time in the car, but that's not what we're talking about. God's telling us, be still. And know that I am God. One thing we have to remember about God is that He's a perfect father. A lot of us had various experiences with fathers. Some people had amazing dads. I love my dad. My dad is incredible. But some of us had really bad experiences with dads. As good as your dad was or is, as bad as your dad was or is, God is perfect. Don't let the experience you had with your father, if it was negative, dictate the way that you feel towards God. And so what's really interesting about God is as the perfect father, everything he asks us to do is for our good. In the end, everything God asks me to do is for my good. It's for my benefit. So God ordained this thing. He modeled it before he even commanded it. And then we know based on his character, his heart and his nature, that he always asks me to do things that are for my benefit. There's a massive factor of trust there just by the way because sometimes it's really, really hard for us to see past the current pain of what he's asking us to do. But I think we all understand the principle that working out hurts but it's beneficial in the end whether or not we do it and whether or not we eat ice cream after we do it that's neither here nor there. But God always does things and says or tells us to do things for our benefit. Number 2, rest restores us. Rest restores us. Psalm 23, one through three says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If you don't know what that means, I grew up not knowing what that meant. It means I don't need anything. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Ask yourself, If I'm not resting, am I really letting God lead me? Because this says that God is my shepherd, so he guides and directs. And he makes me, everybody say makes me. Lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. If I'm not resting, am I truly allowing God to direct my life? I was reading an article and they were talking about how even elite athletes understand that they need a rest day in order to perform at their full potential and also in order to maximize their strength. Now, don't you think that your soul needs a recovery day, some time to just let God refuel you and replenish you? Psalm 23, I think, is really fascinating because it's telling us that God leads us to a place of green pastures and still waters. And I think what's interesting about that is it's a place where we can eat and drink. And I think when we come into a place of resting in God, God is literally refueling us for the journey. But we can only be filled with God's best for us if we're willing to slow down. If you think of the picture of sheep in a pasture, I would really like to see this, and I wish you could see the mental image in my head, but if a sheep was trying to graze while running, it wouldn't go very well. Imagine it just tripping all over itself, maybe it'd be like one of those fainting goats and just fall over. You can't graze while you're running. You can't drink out of a stream while you're running. You have to stop, you have to slow down. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. I like how he says wait. And wait can mean to hope for God or expectantly long for him. Kind of like I'm waiting on you to come through, God. I know you're gonna do it. But weight's a pretty strategic word. Number three, rest refocuses us. Rest refocuses us. My dad was a drill instructor in the Marines and man is that fun to watch people get yelled at. You know what I mean? Something about that, I don't know what it is. When you watch people in a boot camp, if you never watched videos, make sure you find one that's edited. But if you watch people in a boot camp and and drill instructors are just yelling at these recruits and all in their face and kind of just making them as stressed out as possible. But there's a reason for that. And I don't know if I've ever told this story in here before, but when we were kids, uh, I was really little and my sister's six years older than me. We would go visit my dad when he was a drill instructor and we would uh, just kind of watch what they were doing. But sometimes he would leave recruits at attention and he would come and talk to us at the side. And we got the privilege and honor of making a lot of young Marines hate us because we would sometimes go, Dad, that guy moved over there. And he would go take care of him. And so I'm pretty sure they did not like seeing us when we came around. But the reason that they yell and scream and make all this noise and things is because they wanna teach these young adults Who are bravely volunteering to serve their country. They want to teach them to be focused in the midst of distraction, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of confusion. They've got to keep their focus. You know, I think what's kind of interesting is that the enemy knows that he doesn't have enough power to match the power of God that's on the inside of you. Notice that I didn't just say God's power. It's the power of God that's inside you because the New Testament says that the very same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives inside of us if we've accepted Jesus. And so the enemy knows that he doesn't have enough power to mess with the power that God's put on the inside of us. But what he tries to do is be as loud and as distracting and as chaotic as he possibly can. Because if he can get you distracted, he can get you to forget about the power of God living on the inside of you. The fact of the matter is, is that God's already won. He's just asking you to stay focused and finish strong. In the Psalms, David would regularly address his problems with God. I love this about David. David would kind of come in, and to be honest, he'd kind of just throw up his problems at the altar. Do not do that in Tree of Life Church, please. But David would come in and just say, my life's a wreck, my life's a mess, everybody hates me. Sometimes it was, I was reading a psalm the other day where he said uh, there were rumors going around, because you know he was a king, there were rumors going around that he had a debilitating disease. That's very specific. And these were like worship songs for the people of Israel, which I think is really funny. Could you imagine? Turn to the one about the debilitating disease. We're going to sing that today. (laughs) Be awkward. So he would pour out his heart to God. He would tell God exactly how he felt. And what's so powerful about this is that David would walk in and he would lay his problems at the feet of God in worship. And every time he would leave with a different perspective. And I wonder what would happen if you and I spent time in the presence of God to where I walked in today to my room, to this church, wherever it is that I'm spending time with God that particular day, I walked in today very stressed, wondering how I was gonna make it, wondering if my finances were gonna make it, whatever that may be, and I walked out with the perspective that says God is bigger than all of this. I walked out with a perspective that says, I trust God to take care of me and I'm just gonna walk in what he's already told me to do. First Peter 5, 7 says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Resting in God's presence reminds me that God cares about my problems even more than I do. So I should probably just leave them with him. Let me clarify something for that though. Resting in God's presence and realizing that he cares about your problems and casting your cares on him doesn't absolve us of the responsibility to do what he says. But what it will do is empower us to do what he says. This is the last one right here, number four. Rest realigns us. Pastor David said last week that black preachers all rhyme everything. Well, I give you four R's today, plus the title rest. I don't know what white preachers do. I have no idea. Matthew 6, says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Somebody say everything. A lot of our fretting, a lot of our striving, a lot of our worrying, and a lot of our busyness in life is oftentimes due to the fact that we are trying to make things happen. We're trying to get things going. We're trying to take care of the affairs of life. And I believe that sometimes what God would be saying to us is if you would just seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, I will give you everything that you need. It'll be okay. Jesus is telling us that our priority should be to seek his kingdom and to live for him. He'll iron out the rest. I was thinking about sometimes we try to take over God's job. He says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. And of course, we have a part to play in taking care of ourselves. Please don't hear me wrong in that. But sometimes we're trying to take care of things that are not our job to take care of They're God's. And I don't know about you, but if I've got two people who are going to do a job and it's me or God, I'm probably going to pick God. He's going to be better at it. Colossians 3.2 says this, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. That's easier said than done. But it was said by a human who was inspired by the Holy Spirit to say it. And you know what? We can live it out. Ask yourself, do I get so wrapped up in my daily activity, activities that I forget to think about God's agenda for my day? I wonder man this is convicting to me, just thinking about this. I wonder if when I sit down to plan out my day, do I think about God's agenda for my day? The Bible actually says that Jesus went about doing good. That's pretty cool. He went about doing good. That was what his day looked like. In fact, if you look in John 5, verse 19, Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. I think it's really interesting when you see that, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what my father tells me to say. How do you think he heard his father's voice? time in his presence. In fact, if you read many times in the Gospels, you'll notice that Jesus would get up early in the morning and go out to pray. For people like me, it's like, could we just do it late at night? That would be okay. But Jesus would get up early in the morning and he would go out and he would pray. He'd be ready for the day. It's no coincidence. I think I may have said this a couple weeks ago. It's no coincidence that when Jesus made the decision The final decision, if you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, God, if there's any other way to do this whole salvation thing besides me dying, let's do that. But if not, I'll do your will. When he made that final decision, I will do your will. It's no coincidence that he was praying off by himself. The other disciples were a little ways off. He was in a place of God's presence. Prayer realigns us with God's priorities. And, and if I could just be really blunt and honest with you, and I know that I've used this excuse so many times. I wonder how many times in a day we hear God say, why don't you worship for just a couple more minutes? A song came on the radio or maybe on the CD that you had in your car and the Lord began to move in your heart and you got to your intended destination. And the Lord said, why don't you just worship a little bit more? And We're like, no, God, I got a lot of things to do today. Sorry about that. I wonder how many times God's really prompted us to pray for somebody, maybe even at the store. And we felt like, "Ah, I'm just too busy. Or I wonder how many times we've been moving so quickly that we never heard his voice telling us that in the first place. It's time in the presence that makes you aware of what his voice sounds like. I know my wife's voice because I've spent time with her. If there was somebody that I had met just a couple days ago and I heard him off in the distance, I probably would have no clue. Or maybe if it was even just an acquaintance or somebody I hadn't spoken to in a while, I might have to do a double take to figure it out. But if it was my wife, I'd know her voice. Time spent in the presence enables us to know his voice. What happens is this we see rest as something that God's asking us to do and we really see it just for our benefit. And so sometimes we neglect to do it because we think, well, I don't have time for that and it's just me time, so that's it. But I believe that a true spiritual rest, spending time in God's presence, does a couple of things. Not only does it refresh us and replenish us, but it makes us more aware of his spirit as we go throughout our days. So we've got ears to hear all day. We're listening for his voice. We're walking in peace. Things go crazy. Your car's not starting, but you have peace. Peace. Instead of yelling at it, you should start praying, right? Your kids are confused because you're not cussing anymore when the car's broken. You're actually just praying about it. It's crazy, right? They always thought you were praying in tongues anyways. So that probably wasn't good to say, whatever. Um, But I think that's something that we have to think about is when I am in the presence of God, it positions me for the rest of my day. But here's what I want to point out to you. We think that rest is just for me. And I would say, no, it's not. Rest is for you. It is for your relationship with God. It's actually an act of obedience or service or worship to God. Romans 12, one, our everyday lives are an act of worship. The third thing, though, is that rest is for other people. When I rest, I'm a lot more pleasant to be around. Everybody laughed because they were like, that's me, man. When I rest in God's presence, I might have a word on my heart to tell somebody, hey, God loves you. I just want you to know that today. What if I'm missing people that I was supposed to minister to because I haven't rested in God's presence? What about those people? And rest doesn't just happen in good times. And rest doesn't mean that everything feels better when you're done but it means that you've given it to God and you're trusting him with it. I always tell the story of my, when I was going through a really tough time in life and I've told this in here before and I just needed a word from God. I was sitting in the HEB parking lot one time and I literally said, God, I need a word from you. I need to hear your voice. And I got out of the car and God gave me a word for the security guard. And so I went and said, hey man, can I pray for you? And I said, I feel like the Lord, I don't know, I I just prayed over him and prayed what I felt the Lord wanted me to say. After I was done, I was like, does that connect with you? He was like, oh yeah, that was spot on. That's what I needed to hear. And I remember going back to my car and going, really? Couldn't I just had a word for myself, you know? But God did give me a word. He taught me that I know how to hear his voice even in the tough times. And sometimes your rest isn't gonna make you feel all better. But you're going to know that there's trust there, that I know that God will take care of me. A couple thoughts. I I think that there's some reasons why we don't rest. Sometimes it's legitimate. We are so busy or we've got to make ends meet. I understand sometimes if you're a single parent, whatever that may be, I never forget hearing the quote. It was attributed to uh, Billy Graham's wife. I'm not sure if it's true, but she said, my best prayer time is when I iron my kids clothes in the morning. And some of us are like, I don't iron my kids' clothes ever. <laughs> Throw it in the dryer. I hope for the best. If that, I'll spray them with water and send them out the door. <laughs> and you're laughing because you've done it. So, <laughs> but maybe you're that busy, and maybe you need to find those times. But sometimes we don't rest for other reasons. Sometimes. In my life, I haven't rested in the presence of God because I maybe didn't want to hear what he had to say. Because I didn't want to hear what he was going to have me work on next in me. Sometimes maybe we don't rest because we have control issues. When I ride with most people other than my wife, I like to be the driver. Now, I hang out with some young adults, so sometimes I like to be the driver because I like to not crash. And I'm terrified of some of their driving. I'm not going to name any names. I remember I rode with a guy a couple weeks ago and I was like, I'm not riding with him again. <laughs> like, it's done. That's never happening again. But sometimes it's because we have control issues and we like to steer the car. If I rest in God's presence, if I listen to his voice directing me and guiding me, then I'm not the one in control. Sometimes that stems from an issue with our dad. And we had an issue with there with the authority in that relationship or whatever that may be. But I'd encourage you to analyze today, am I resting in God's presence? And just a little secret, when you rest in God's presence, it usually means you're gonna rest physically as well. Resting in God's presence means putting the phone down. That's hard. I grew up in the age of phones. My thumb hurts physically from my phone. That's how sad I am. But resting means putting your phone down, turning the ringer off. Resting means focusing. Paul said that he pressed on towards the finish line to receive the prize. Paul had a focus. In our culture today, we struggle with focus because we have so many devices and so many notifications. I get notifications for email of apartment complexes that I looked at six months ago or whatever and they don't even matter anymore but they just pop up on my phone. We are so distracted and resting in God's presence. I have nothing else to think about but my relationship with him. And I wonder what our lives would be like if we analyzed when's the last time I put down the phone, turned on some worship and just listened to God. Maybe didn't even talk, just listened and I wonder, what our, I wonder what our lives would be like if we also analyze the reasons why we don't rest enough. I wonder how God could shape and transform us in those times of rest in his presence. I wonder if we would fill our, fulfill our full destiny and potential if we spent more time in his presence. I wonder how many more people we would reach for Jesus if we are more aware of his presence. So spending time resting in the presence of God, we should do that because it's God-ordained, because it restores us, because it refocuses us. We zoom out and see how big God is. It realigns us with his priorities. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here today and you're like, man, that sounds really good. I don't have any peace though. I want to start by praying for those of us who are here today who maybe know Jesus, but currently are not walking in a state of rest or not walking in a state of peace. We talked about the physical and the spiritual rest having to go hand in hand, but sometimes in the midst of busyness, you're going to have to be busy for a while. There's going to be a season of busyness, but the peace of God, Ephesians 6 says that our feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You have shoes of peace on you if you put on the armor of God. Do you know what that means? Everywhere you walk, you walk in God's peace. I have a friend that says the peace of God on your life should communicate hope to the people around you. Maybe you're here today and you are a Jesus follower, you're a Christian, but you say, I'm not walking in peace and I need Peace. The Bible says that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And it's not referring, in my opinion, to the Holy Spirit. There's no capital S there. It's the spirit that God placed on the inside of you when you were made new, when you were born again. That spirit is a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you're here today and you need peace, nobody looking around, would you shoot up your hand? I want to pray over you today. But I want you to pray for yourself. Because the presence of God is where you learn to pray for yourself. If you deal with anxiety or fear or whatever that is, I want you to shoot up your hand. I want to pray with you. Father, today we rebuke fear and we rebuke anxiety and we rebuke depression and we rebuke worry and we rebuke stress and we rebuke overly, uh, being overly busy. Father, today we declare that we don't have a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind that we walk in feet fitted with peace wherever we go. That means that no matter what kind of terrain life puts me on, my feet are firmly planted like a Roman soldiers were back in the day. Because I've got peace, because I know the end result is salvation through Jesus Christ. I know who won the victory 2,000 years ago when a stone was rolled away and a grave was left empty. And if he won that victory, then he won that victory once and for all. And so say this with me. Say, God, today, everybody, I choose to walk in your peace and your victory. I cast my cares on you because you care for me. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org